funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver Screen Video. My name is Jacob. I'm here with my co-host, Jonathan. What's up, John? Not much, Jacob, but I'll tell you, I've got time to podcast today, but you know what I don't have time to do? What? I ain't got time to bleed, brother. Oh, boy. That'll make sense soon. You know what? It was good. (laughs) Whatever. So, uh, no, I will say, uh, we haven't missed an episode, but, uh, it feels weird to be recording right now. Cause we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks cause I've been traveling. Right. So right. This we, is, uh, this yeah, is, we, this is a weird feeling. Yeah. We banked a few, um, not to break the illusion, but we banked a few and, uh, while you, uh, went down to Florida and caught coronavirus and, uh, now we're back at it, uh, ready to, Hey, uh, I'm seven days virus free. <laughs> Um, how was Florida? A lot of, a lot of coronavirus going on down there. A lot of coronavirus. And for our listeners, I did not travel for my leisure and relaxation. I went to see family and, uh, family. I only get to see a couple times a year. So we stayed in a small little pocket of, of Florida. Most of the virus is in South Florida. It's slowly creeping up, but, um, yeah, Florida's a madhouse right now, and so is Texas. And, and you uh, went down to yeah. uh, you went down for like vacation and didn't wear a mask and hung out on the beach and that kind of shit, right? Hundred percent in a bar every day, breathing on everyone I could get close to. Um, <laughs> I think it classifies you as a super spreader. A hundred percent for more than one reason. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh man! All right, folks. Today, let's we'll just move on clean. from that. Would you say keep it clean? <laughs> I said let's keep it clean. Uh, we are, folks. We got a special, special show for you today. We are going to be doing a top uh, ten action movies of the nineteen eighties list. Now, you may say, like, oh, okay. Well, they're gonna they're each going to give us their top ten list and talk about them or whatever. Nah, you'd be wrong, brother. We are going to construct the list on the air. Uh, this is an idea we came up with for our uh, 21st century science fiction list. Uh, we got some great responses from you guys. Got some great, you guys sent us your lists. Um, it was really cool. And now we're going to do it with 80s action movies. We're going to build the list in real time on the podcast. We got a big pot of nominations that John's going to throw out there. We're going to debate him in real time and we're going to, we're going to build the list in real time. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I am so excited about this. I don't want to be too bold here, but I think that there is no, I, I think politically and socially everything was like the perfect temperament to create the greatest decade of action. I think we've ever seen. Oh, um, 100%. The 1980s were it was it was built in a lab to create just the most the most absolute mind-blowing uh uh kind of like neuron splitting action movies in existence. I think it's the birth of uh the birth of what we 
today understand as a blockbuster. I know like Jaws in the 70s and Star Wars and all that shit was blockbusters, but like it really popped off in the 80s and also culturally. I think you can I think you can argue that kind of what we understand as like modern culture really began in the 1980s. Um so yeah, it, it was an interesting decade to say the least. Yeah, and I think like we can go ahead and kind of uh, differentiate what we're trying to do here. Like as an example, a movie like The Thing or like Empire Strikes Back, I feel like they're leaning more towards sci-fi than they are action. So movies like that aren't going to pop up on this list. And I know everybody has a different idea of action. So once you listen to this episode, hit us up and let us know like what your favorite action movies are or what your idea of an action movie is. Because obviously I think it's different from everybody. We can't just always go off of like the 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 genre that IMDb puts a movie in. Right. So yeah, I think it's different for everybody. And I think, um, you know, I mentioned this off pod, but it's like that, that quote that that Supreme court justice said about pornography, you know, like, you know it when you see it. And I think that's the best explanation. Everybody kind of has their own individual. I think maybe some people would say, you know, the thing is the perfect eighties action movie, but I agree. It feels like a horror movie to me, uh, much in the same way that like, even though it came out in 1979, you know, Alien is a horror movie, whereas Aliens, the sequel, is very much an action movie. So, yeah, when we talk about when we talk about action, we're talking about a genre that is primarily primarily focused on well, action, as opposed to you know a crime thriller or a science fiction movie or a space opera, like like you said with Star Wars. Yeah, so I don't know. We're going to take kind of a loose approach to it. And I think we're also going to probably debate it, you know, like in real time about like, is this an action movie? Is this not, you know? So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, I wanted to mention that a lot of you guys have been following us on Letterboxd, uh, which we appreciate. And uh, we'd love to interact with you guys on there. But we'll post the uh, the final list on uh, on Letterboxd after we uh, after we decide what it is and hammer it out. And uh, and yeah, you can see it on there. Yeah. And uh, I think honestly, for at least seven of these that I think we're going to agree on, there is no debate about whether they're action. They right. are all god level action movies right so i think there'll be some there might be some splitting hairs here and there but for the most part i think that between both of our independent list when we build it i think we're gonna not gonna have any issues now the question is do you want to start top to bottom or bottom to top hmm i think let's just go top to bottom man you you've, you're the keeper of the list you've got the big uh, pot of candidates and uh i don't know i think i should start at the top and just go from there well if that's the case, uh, I have a movie that I'm not sure if you're going to agree or disagree. I not only think this movie is the best action movie of the 80s, but I think when you look at the pure, simple nature of a traditional action movie, I think this is a, this is an argument to be made as the greatest action movie of all time. Okay. And that movie is Predator. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with this. I, I think Predator is... <laughs> I think Predator is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> Dude, I like, agree. It, it, the the there's it's it's got everything that an action movie needs. There's a ragtag group of of heroes, and each one of them has their distinct personalities. And the fact that it takes place in like a jungle setting that also is like 
like South American kind of, it just, it, it feels like the, you know, the epitome of everything that makes action movies in the eighties. Great. You know? And much like myself, Mr. Jesse Ventura and Predator also didn't have time to bleed. So it's an iconic line. It is one that I feel like fits in every possible scenario. The other beautiful thing about Predator is there's so many cool stories behind it. You know, Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be the monster and they actually filmed and took pictures and stuff of him in the suit. Um, But it ended up looking like a giant lobster. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm not joking. If you've never seen it, you should Google it. It's very popular news. Like it, it should pop up uh, first thing you see. And the other cool story, that one is that one's real because you can find proof of it. But the other alleged story of the Predator is the fact that they wrote the script and they wanted Rocky to fight an alien. That was the plan. The plan was to make a new Rocky movie and have an alien come down. And much like he did with Drago with with like Russia versus America, they were going to do like outer galaxy beings versus Rocky for the fate of the world. But then they were like, well, no, this sounds stupid. Let's not do that. And that birthed Predator, which is about a species of beings that go from planet to planet fighting the most tough people or species on that planet uh, that they have. So, okay. Yeah. So I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Uh, but I'm currently being distracted by this picture of Jean Claude Van Damme in Predator. <laughs> and just in case our listeners don't have immediate access to Google, it looks like it. Okay, it looks like a rat that's standing up on its hind legs and then like standing like a person with like body armor on. But it looks like it has the mouth of like a wild boar and the skin of a tree trunk. So. And and like you have to tell your like you have to remind yourself they went from that to arguably one of the coolest looking alien creatures in any movie ever made. Right. Right. Like the Predator is the most badass motherfucker. I would actually take I know it's a, a lifelong debate among fans of the genre, I would actually be a predator over a xenomorph simply because at least predators like no, like xenomorphs are just killing machines. Right. Predators are the coolest motherfuckers ever. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's shocking how, (laughs) how close they were to really just kind of sucking because, uh, yeah, that, that, that is a bizarre looking creature, but yeah, predator as designed. I mean, he's fucking awesome. Like he's, uh, y- you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you about Predator. Go fucking watch it if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen it in the past week, go watch it again. Uh, it's, uh, it's fucking great, man. I, uh, well, I mean, you get to see Shane Black as an actor opposed to a writer, right? Like it's got Carl Weathers, Bill fucking Duke, right? Jesse Ventura, obviously Arnold. I mean, I feel like everyone knows that. Um, and it was directed by John McTiernan. I mean, this movie is, is perfect. It, it is. It, it is literally a perfect film. Like when we talk about 80s action movies, what we're really talking about is, you know, not to not to get too like, you know, uh, in like in my head about it. But what we're talking about is a set of aesthetic practices and choices, right? We're talking about a specific look. We're talking about a specific style of acting. We're talking about practical effects. We're talking, I mean, these are all aesthetic choices that, you know, existed because of 
the way that people made movies. Some of them there were artistic choices. Some of them were economic. You know, they only could afford certain special effects or whatever. And if you were to say, well, what is the what movie has all of those kind of aesthetic choices? What is the most 80s action movie? Not necessarily the best. What is the most? I think it has to be Predator. Like, it has all of the aesthetic qualities of what we think of when we think of these, you know, this genre. And it has them in spades, you know. Um, it's uh, And when you compare it to something like Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I think we're also going to talk about, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark doesn't really feel like an 80s action movie, even though technically it was released in the 80s and it certainly is an action movie. You know, it has like it's like 90 percent action. But Predator feels like all the other 80s action movies combined into one, you know, 90 minute spectacle. And it's it's glorious. I love it so much. And that was actually a nice segue to the Indiana Jones trilogy, because I think we're going to cheat a little bit. And we're going to put all three. I I agree with you that it doesn't feel like an action movie. We have talked at length about this off pod. I don't know how the listeners are going to feel. But for some reason, I have this mental block against trying to put this in the same category as Predator or some of the other movies we're going to talk about that are hardcore action movies. But right. as you pointed out, at the end of the day, these are action adventure. That is their exact description. Right. Um, so opposed to putting like Last Crusade, which I consider is the best uh, Jones film made, I-, I think we should just put all three in the number two spot. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you. Well, I, I think that that begs the question. Like what? Like what? Uh, where are we going to position Predator? Right. Like I think, I think it. I think Predator belongs in the upper tier of the list. But is there a conversation where Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones trilogy, is is higher than it, or is it in the number two slot? I mean, when we talk about Indiana Jones, we're talking about the trilogy. Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, is is a perfect movie. I think it is a perfect, it is a kind of a perfect cinematic experience. And then the Last Crusade is kind of more like the best kind of sequel. You know, it's like. And there's we get Sean Connery and it's it's more emotional and kind of a more complete uh, cinematic experience. And Temple of Doom is, you know, often an underloved, I think, part of that franchise is kind of like fascinating because it's just well, this is just one of the this is just one of the many other adventures that uh, Indiana Jones had. And we don't see sequels like that anymore. You know, sequels nowadays are like part of a big expanding universe and you got to set up the next movie. And I mean, you got to set up the next 10 movies with the after credit scene and all that shit with the Marvel movies and stuff. But temple of doom is kind of fascinating because there's no continuity in it. It's a prequel, but it doesn't really have anything to do with Raiders of the lost Ark. And it certainly doesn't have anything to do with uh, the last crusade. It's kind of like a standalone sequel, which I find really fascinating. And so I think that all three have their strengths, but when they're when we combine them into a trilogy, I mean, is that fair? Where does it compare with Predator? I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think, which we could do a whole episode on this. We've already talked about it before, but I will throw in real quick to say 100% agree with you. They don't make movies like that anymore in terms of sequels because it is about the bigger story. But the fact that studios don't understand why people love to read books right. about an adventure and then say you're reading a book that has 30 books in the series 
and this all about a different adventure where maybe there's callbacks and stuff. It's very similar to Bond. Yes. But the the, the fact that studios don't do that anymore are crazy because I would watch Indiana Jones movie until Harrison Ford is too old to move. Right. Just Jones going on adventure after adventure. That's here nor there. That's like I said, it's a whole different thing, but I did want to say I agree with you. Uh, in terms of the Jones trilogy, in my opinion, we can't just rank one. I think we have to look at them as a whole. And as a whole, I would put them behind Predator. And I know that sounds crazy considering I feel like I would want to watch Last Crusade before I put on Predator, kind of. But I think it depends on mood. And as we've discussed about traditional 80s action movie, Predator fits it more, but you can't ignore the Indiana Jones trilogy in general. I if agree. I want to watch a giant alien beat up guys with a machete, uh, of course, like I want to watch Predator. Like that is your 80s action movie. But if I'm in the feeling of like, I want to travel and I want to put myself with Indiana Jones and have an adventure, it's just really hard to, to quantify it. If you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I agree with you. I think, I think we should put Predator one and Indiana Jones uh, two for now. And I think, you know, I, I've been thinking about this ever since you said it of like, well, I don't know why, but I just Indiana Jones feels like something different. It's not what I think of when I think of 80s action movies. And I think I think the reason for that is, is not because Indiana Jones fits into another genre, because I don't think there is a genre like Indiana Jones. I don't there's not really like maybe back in like the 30s or something, there would have been like, a, you know, a, a, serials you know where it's like oh you know buck rogers and all that kind of shit maybe there would have been a a separate genre for like exotic you know fantasies or whatever but like that you know indiana jones didn't really spawn a bunch of imitators you know so it's kind of in a genre by itself but i think it is almost like star wars i think that is a better comparison with the indiana jones and the fact that it is a self-contained world it is its own thing. There, the Indiana Jones doesn't really fit into anything. It is its own thing. And I think Star Wars is the same thing. Because you can call Star Wars a space opera, but okay, name me another film franchise that's a space opera. There's not There's not any. Like, there's nothing else like Star Wars. Star Wars is just Star Wars. There's nothing else like Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones just is Indiana Jones. It's its own thing. Which I think... Uh, we should recognize, you know, and I think putting it in the number two slot right now is good, but I agree with you. It doesn't, it's not the nay plus ultra of eighties action aesthetics in the same way that predator is. Well, I think, uh, I think you just made a case to take it off this list entirely. I don't know if you meant to, but you sure it, it, it sure sounded like you did. Because Uh, if we're going to put it in the same box as star Wars and we're keeping empire off the list, I don't know if Indiana Jones belongs on this list anymore. Okay. All right. You're right. I did. I just made a case for not including Indiana Jones on this list. And honestly, if I'm being honest, putting a trilogy on here really kind of breaks the rules a little bit. Um, hey, you're, yeah, I was happy when you suggested it because I love breaking rules on these lists. But it but, is yeah. it is breaking the rules. I mean, when you think of an 80s action movie, do you think of a franchise? I don't. I think of a 90-minute experience that... I think it's something quick and dirty and, and, and something a little, uh, lowbrow, you know, something that may not for kids, you know? So fuck it, man. Let's yeah. take, let's take Indiana Jones off this fucking list, man, where he doesn't belong here. He belongs on his own. 
Yeah, and I feel like we do, we've done it justice because we've established that Star Wars and Indiana Jones exist in and of themselves. They are an island. They are something that is unique. So no disrespect because I still think Last Crusade is one of the greatest movies ever made. Right. But, uh, but yeah, okay. So now we're with Stand with Predator. Um, Damn, dude. Do you want to the drawing board? Yeah. Do you want to drop? Do you want me to drop another heavy hitter, or you want to go with something that's more up for debate? Hey, it's your call, brother. I guess if we're gonna drop another heavy hitter, I'm gonna have to say I would consider this to be the second greatest action movie of the '80s. And you could argue, close to arguing that it's it's on par with Predator, but it just falls a little short. Okay. And that's RoboCop. Okay. RoboCop is one of the craziest, most violent, most insane, dystopian-type movies I have ever seen in my entire life. Right. I should not have watched it as a child. <laughs> um, I watched the like director's cut that should have been NC-17, you know? And, dude, I'm sorry. Seeing Peter Weller just get his hand blown off by a massive handgun... <laughs> and they're just laughing as they dance around him, shooting pieces of him off. It's it's glorious. This movie is just, I don't know what your uh, story is with RoboCop, but I love it. I've seen it uh, well over a dozen times. It's just a fun one to put on. I love RoboCop, man. It's, uh, you know, it's part of the genre. And I think it probably invented the genre of 80s movies, of 80s action movies. Because, you know, I mean, you know, not to like, I don't know. I don't even mean this as a bad thing because I enjoy a lot of these, but a lot of these eighties action movies are like kind of Reagan, like right wing, like propaganda, like robo uh, robo. What the hell am I saying? Rambo uh, two. <laughs> and uh, you, you know, that movie robo that the action movie that we all love. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is like Reagan era, like kind of right wing propaganda, almost really like militaristic, and let's go into Vietnam and kill all these people. You know, it's kind of a reaction against like you know some of those Vietnam movies in the late seventies and early eighties. But then there kind of cropped up another response to that, which is, I think RoboCop started this, which is where you have all of the aesthetics of the eighties action movie, but it's actually a little subversive and a little it's actually like kind of a little bit satirical of like making fun of eighties action movie tropes. And you know, there's always a big corporate, you know, you see this a lot in gremlins too is another great example of this. They live, of course, is another great example where there's like a big bad corporation and, you know, you have to go, uh, you know, you have to, you have to fight the big corporation or whatever, you know, that was kind of a whole little mini genre. And I think RoboCop started all that because I think Paul Verhoeven is a genius. But that being said, with the whole satire and the whole, you know, subversion and whatever, that is all secondary to the fact that this movie fucking goes like it is balls to the wall action. The gas station scene is one of the best scenes in any action movie, just on pure explosions. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I love RoboCop. I would have no problem with it being in the upper tier of this list. Um, whether it's the two or three or four, you know, wherever, where it falls on there, I think is maybe up for a debate. But I think it definitely deserves a place in the upper, upper part of this list. Well, I think also we need to note that a lot of these movies we're going to put on, especially the first two, obviously this one in Predator, um, they have 
a phenomenal villain. Right. Like Kurtwood Smith, who people, they know his face, but they probably don't know the name. Most of you probably know him as Red in that 70s show. Right. He plays Clarence in RoboCop, and he is delightful. He is almost like an 80s Joker. Yeah. Like, or like, like, you know, obviously I know Batman came out in 89, but he's like a non DC Joker. He is a maniacal, evil, crazy, just bonkers motherfucker. He is awesome in this role. And, uh, I think he really is a, is a great like villain against RoboCop. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, RoboCop, it's just, it's a special movie. I think it holds up and I do agree with you. I think Paul Verhoeven is a fucking genius. And, uh, yeah, I well, mean, I'm interested in what you said about the villains, because, you know, it's almost like there's two kinds of villains in, in, uh, in the eighties action movies, there's the existential threat, you know, the predator, the alien, the, you know, the, the kind of physical and, 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 uh, kind of martial threat, you know, but then there's also the, like the villain in, uh, in avatar or like, uh, y- y- you know, uh, the kind of smooth talking businessman who's the villain you know what i mean the 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 ceo is the villain and i think that is uh who who doesn't necessarily get involved in battle himself but but gets others to do his bidding for him and i think those that's another aesthetic you know definer or trope of 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 80s action movies so um, absolutely because i think in that i just looked it up i believe it was ronnie cox who played like the CEO of the, of the uh, manufacturer right, and Kurtwood right. Smith like worked for him. Right. So yeah. Like the, yeah. the, the main villain doesn't necessarily get involved with battle. He kind of has henchmen. Um, whereas in something like predator, the villain is just a fucking death machine. You know, it's, it's there, there's no, there's no puppet master controlling the predator, you know? And I don't want to get off track here, but I have to say, uh, Paul Verhoeven directed Total Recall three years after this, and that movie is fucking perfect. It's awesome. And I just watched Starship Troopers when I flew home, and I forgot how much I love that movie. So thank you, Paul. Total Recall is a masterpiece, and Starship Troopers, I mean, God, dude. Starship Troopers is is on another level when it comes to... Uh, Verhoeven's incredible. We should do a Verhoeven episode. I mean, he really oh, is yeah, a genius, we will. man. Okay, so Predator, RoboCop. Uh, yeah, I guess while we're on this heavy hitters, this is, a, a, this is one that has a great villain. It is not one that I'm in love with. It is one that you had on your list. We can't ignore it because it defines the 80s in action, but die hard. <laughs> Yeah, you're not a Die Hard fan. I mean, like, okay, I think the case for Die Hard is pretty clear. So why don't you get into your kind of anti-Die Hard case? So the case for Die Hard is fucking transparent. It is fucking like it has influenced so many action movies, The especially the single building set, your your protagonist um, that does questionable things to get the job done, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't like the movie. I think I watched it too late. I hate Bruce Willis. I hated him when I watched this and I hate him now. I think he's awful. I don't think he's cool. I don't think he's talented. I think that he's basically the same guy. And and the thing is, I love some movies he's in. Right. Like he's in some fucking great movies. Last Man Standing, Lucky Number Eleven. I mean, Pulp Fiction, obviously. Like he's in some solid movies, but I just don't like him. The best thing about Die Hard is Alan Rickman. Right. But I mean, 
I think Alan Rickman is the best thing about every movie he's in. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I just I don't get this movie. I think when you start comparing this, I think at the end at the end of the day, when we complete this list, I'll I'll go back and, and see if I'm right or not. Wherever Die Hard falls, I think it is the least out of 10. I will say it, there's probably seven movies on the list that I think are better action movies for the 80s than Die Hard. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I, you know, I, you know, this list is being built by both of us, and I don't think it would be right to really have a movie on the list that is uh, that you are not that one of us is not a fan of at all. And I'll tell you the way I excuse it with Die Hard because it is an iconic '80s action movie, right? It just is. But Die Hard, because it was so influential. And because the hero in Die Hard is an everyman, you know, Bruce Willis, that that is the big cult. That is the big shift is that, you know, with Die Hard, action movies went from the hero being some kind of spectacular, hyper competent superhero, superhero, almost like Stallone, Schwarzenegger, you know, that kind of thing transitioned into the action hero just being an everyday guy an everyman, someone who looks like just a regular ass cop. And that transition happened with die or began with die hard and then would go on to dominate the nineties. Um, I'm thinking of speed with Keanu Reeves. Obviously he's just an everyman. even Arnold, like even with something like true lies and stuff, obviously Arnold looks like a superhuman. He looks like a, he looks like a big, you know, meaty guy, but the character that he plays, especially in something like true lies or even last action hero the character he plays is just like a normal person, you know, like, uh, he, you know, like, so there was a big, big shift there. So my point in saying all that is die hard feels to me more like a nineties action movie, even though it came out in 1988. Does that make sense? It does. But I'll tell you as much as I don't want to defend die hard, uh, to my mind, Die Hard is the Unforgiven of this list. Because, not that I hated Unforgiven, but for those of you that listened to our uh, Western episode, if you haven't, go back and check it out. I, I wanted to put Unforgiven. I think you liked it way more than me, but I recognize that it had to be on the list because of what it meant to the Western genre. Right. So I feel like Die Hard, we can't avoid putting it on this list because I do agree with you that it feels a bit more like from like an evolved perspective than RoboCop or Predator. Right. It means so much to the eighties that we can't avoid putting it on this list. Because I think if you Google, if you Google top eighties movies, action eighties movies, dude, I'm pretty sure Die Hard is going to be in every, I think is universal. Okay. Okay. Um, So where do you, where do you think we should put it? That's, that's going to have to be determined whenever we get it hashed out, because I think it's going to be, lower tier okay but it's just too important to not have on there and and let me say again i i mean perhaps i'm being a bit uh hyperbolic saying that i I detest this movie or whatever i don't like this movie and i don't like bruce willis but i still have watched this movie a couple of times since the first time i watched it and i don't like it's a fun movie with certain aspects and i love alan rickman but i mean a part of me kind of enjoyed being out of the building more like when Jeremy Irons shows up. 
Right. Like right, right, right. I think it was in three. Was that in two or three? Uh, three. I think. I think it, yeah. Either way, I you know you introduced Sam Jackson. I kind of liked where the series went and opposed to where it started. Right. Like, now, mind you, I didn't even watch the last one. I think it has like fucking Jai Courtney in it or something. I don't give a shit about that. The one with like even Justin Long, it was bad, but it was a fun kind of bad. So I kind of liked where the series went. I didn't like this this like kind of in the ho- in the office building kind of thing. But I will point out, this is another John McTiernan movie. It's a bad motherfucker. Oh, absolutely, so. yeah. So okay, let's let's put Die Hard in the lower tiers, and uh, we'll just we'll just keep going. So uh, another one that I feel universal list i feel like both of us love it and that is aliens yeah yeah aliens i think is uh boy it, it, you know it is really really a heavy hitter when it comes to these 80s action movies i mean um i mean it is pure action it's almost like predator but in in space you know predator really feels like it takes place in uh in the jungle or it not, it not feels it does take place in the jungle whereas you know aliens takes place in uh the world of you know aliens and spaceships and that kind of shit you know i i mean what what can you say about aliens i mean it's it's a masterpiece you know um i mean it, dude the it's, cast it's in space you know yeah the cast and the set design to think that this came out of this came out in 1986 i mean this is why james cameron is amazing. I am not the biggest Cameron fan now, right. but when you look at the work he was putting out 20, 30 years ago, right. it's fucking crazy, man. This movie, the scope was so huge. Like, I recently watched it, and I watched the director's cut on uh, HBO or Prime, one of the two, and dude, it was like an extra 20 minutes of footage, and it was fucking glorious. Like, right. Bill it- Paxton, Lance Henriksen, I mean, come on. And to, uh, you know, to, to, I mean, you know, and this is, you know, again, it's like another planet when we talk about like franchises, you know, back then versus what franchises are now, but it takes such a, it takes such a, you know, a really a genius to be able to look at the success of the first alien and which is a masterpiece in and of itself. And, but, you know, obviously came out in 1979, but then, uh, to look at the first alien and see how brilliant it is and go, okay, well, I know I can't do that again. I've got to do something completely different. And it's incredible. You know what I mean? It's incredible how he, uh, how different alien one and aliens, you know, obviously alien two is, and it's, uh, it's, it's a mark of, of, of genius, I think from from cameron it's uh it, it is why james cameron is you know able to make these movies like titanic and avatar and stuff it's why you know james cameron's name is because of what he did with uh terminator and aliens um i mean let's talk about terminator 2 while we're here you know or terminator also not terminator 2 which came out in the 90s but uh i mean what about terminator i know you're not a big fan of the original terminator right yeah, but we talked about it a little off pot as well of I don't think it's fair that I'm not a big fan of the Terminator because it has nothing to do with the movie. It has right. to do with the fact that I watched T2 in the late 90s and I was dumbfounded. I was just I was blown away 
by the a movie with such scope and such awesomeness. And I feel like it's a movie that you don't really you didn't really need to see Terminator to enjoy because it's like, oh, he used to be the bad guy. That explains all this. Now he's a good guy. Okay. So then I watched Terminator after T2 and I was like, well, fuck. But it's impossible to hold up to it. Right. It just is. Terminator 2 is gorgeous. It's one of the greatest action movies ever made, if not the greatest. Right. So it's not fair that I don't like Terminator. So I'll admit that first and foremost. If I think if I ignore that, Terminator is a really cool idea. Right. Like it is a badass concept. And it's a movie, once again, I don't think we can avoid putting on this list. I mean, it is almost quintessential 80s. I mean, I I think it's interesting too, because if you want to see the difference between an 80s action movie and a 90s action movie, Terminator 1 and 2 is like a perfect example. You know, Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. Terminator 2, there's a kid, you know, Arnold is the hero, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Terminator 1 is just like, it is it is a B movie through and through. It is, you know, the Terminator is the villain, which can be shocking if you're, you know, not familiar with the franchise. You're like, wait, Arnold is the villain of this movie? And it's like, hell yeah, he is. And I mean, it's, it, you know... It's, uh, I agree with you. I, I, I agree. I don't think you can make this list without putting, you know, two McTiernan movies on here. And I don't think you can make it without putting two James Cameron movies on here. Um, the question is placement. You know, we've got, we got one, two, three, four, um, which is, uh, wait, what is, <laughs> what is our three or no, well, we've got, we've got five right now. We've got predator, RoboCop, Die Hard, aliens, and terminator. So I guess what uh, what order are we putting those in? I think like the only one that I would fight hard for is Predator is number one. I don't think it gets better than Predator. I agree. So Predator is number one. Um, I think uh, let's say RoboCop number two. I mean, do you think Aliens? Uh, do you think Aliens is good enough to be in the number two spot? I. Kind of think it might be. I don't know. What do you think? I think it might be, but then I go back to this is like this is interesting because it's our list, so we can kind of be more independent from like what the universal view of 80s 80s action movies are. I'm gonna say for what I feel like is both of our like uh, feels about 80s movies. RoboCop is more of an 80s action movie than Alien. Than Aliens, I agree. If that makes sense. So I feel like RoboCop can't. I mean, it has to be number two. Okay, so we'll say Aliens is number three. And then for the time being, we got what? Uh, I don't know if I want Die Hard or Terminator in the top five. Oh, no, no. no. I was just saying because we only have five. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, But yeah, okay. So, But I feel pretty sad about our top three. Being Predator, RoboCop, and Aliens. I say we keep going and then we'll build more when we get it. You know, also one of the things to be said for RoboCop is like RoboCop takes place in a city. And I don't know why, but that is like for me, the jungle is my favorite. You know, the jungle is, I think, the quintessential place for an action movie to take place. But right after that jungle of Predator, it's a city. And I, that's why I think RoboCop has to be number two, because I'm sorry, but Aliens is great, but it takes place in space. You know what I mean? Action movies take place in the city or the jungle. That's 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 just what I feel, you know? Um, oh, I agree 100%. All right, man. So um, we'll, we'll, let's, let's move on. Before we do, I want to say this is kind of a weird track, but I just want to point out, and, and this is not something that 
I'm I'm saying I've actually watched videos and interviews and 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 heard Cameron talk about it a little bit. I don't understand how Michael Bean didn't become a bigger star. Michael Bean right. was Kyle Reese. Right. He was Corporal Hicks and Aliens. He was in he was one of the best roles in Tombstone. He was also in some big movies um in the 80s and the 90s. I don't understand why that dude didn't get bigger than he was. I don't know if he lack of charisma or what. Um right. but I always wonder that. Every time I every time I uh revisit any of these movies, I'm like, why didn't that dude do something more? Because he was awesome as Hicks. Right. And aliens. So he's from Anniston, Alabama. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he was in the abyss too. Did you say that? Yeah. Well, I didn't say it, but yeah, he was in the abyss. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was in some, he's in some great movies. He was in the rock. Yeah. And I mean, dude, him playing Johnny Ringo and tombstone, even if someone hates the movie, they remember Johnny Ringo. Right. Like, so yeah, dude, did you know he was in grindhouse? Yeah, I don't know what part was he. It, I don't remember. I know the he part was in the planet. I know he was in like the zombie one. Yeah, it says he was in Planet Terror and he was in the Thanksgiving trailer. Oh, he was the sheriff. Yeah. in Planet Terror. Okay, yeah, I try. I don't really care for that movie, so I kind of remember it. Um, Damn. Yeah, I don't know. Just a little, uh, just a little food for thought. I don't know why he wasn't a bigger star because he should have been because he was fucking awesome. Yeah, you know what can you say? You know sometimes. Uh, you know, especially when you get, you know, when you get older, I mean, you know, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I mean, T2 is pretty big, but I guess he just kind of fell off after that. You know, what do you do? What are you, you going to do? Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Nobody probably, I mean, I'm sure not a lot of people uh, keep themselves up at night wondering what Michael Bean's career would have been like, but I was just, uh, <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> um, so this next movie, we both had it on our list. But I'm hoping you can bring some levity to it because I put it on my list because it is in my top 15 greatest favorite movies of all time. I think it's perfect. Uh, it age like everything. I've seen it too many times to count. Uh, that movie is Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I honestly, I think it's perfect. I think it is the best buddy cop movie ever made. And... Um, I fucking love it. So I need you to bring some levity. Does it belong on this list? Like, is it as great as some of the other action movies we're going to have? You know, I, I think lethal weapon is definitely up there. I think it's mid tier. You know, I don't know if I, I don't know if four is maybe a little too high. I think we could put it at four and then, you know, just kind of see if we, you know, how things go um, making the rest of this list. But I, you know, I do think it's the greatest buddy cop movie and it is, it is kind of a masterpiece of 80s action. And, you know, I think, I, I, you know, in much the same way that, you know, uh, Predator is the iconic, you know, jungle movie. RoboCop is the iconic, like, dystopian future one. And Aliens is in space. And, like, I, I think Lethal Weapon deserves a little slot in there. It's like, this is the iconic buddy, you know, buddy cop. I mean, people forget, like, Mel Gibson was a wild man. You know, like, that was his... You know, before he became a serious actor in the 90s, you know, his kind of star persona was like wild eyed and like this wild Australian, you know, kind of crazy man. And that works so well against, uh, you know, Danny Glover's kind of um, just laconic, like, you know, too old for this shit, uh, you know, cop. And I, 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 
you know, that buddy cop thing is really hard to pull off. And it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a kind of masterpiece, the chemistry, uh, between these two guys. And, 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 you know, it's almost like the action. I, I don't even really remember the rest of the movie other than just kind of their relationship and their banter. You know what I'm saying? It, the rest of the movie kind of fades away. It doesn't seem that special, but the, the special thing is the, the kind of core relationship between these two guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know the movie beat for beat. Uh, I, I love it. I think Gary Busey is fucking awesome. Um, but honestly, as much as I love Mel Gibson in this movie, I really like Danny Glover more. Yeah. Um, Danny Glover is so good. I feel like it's almost borderline underrated. How like when you when people think Lethal Web is oh Mel Gibson like, but it's like Donna like Danny Glover had to play off of it in such an interesting way, but he also it never got old. Like, I don't right. know if people are going to agree, but I love all four. I think three kind of meanders and then four kind of brings it back and how they approach getting old and stuff like that. Um, but I think that that, that the, all four of them are great. And rumor has it there's a fifth one on the way and I can't be more excited. Um, but when you look at that, I think that speaks volumes about where it started with their chemistry. Right. Like with them on on in the movie, like CSI. Yes, yeah. I uh, we'll see where it lands on the list. We'll keep going and, and kind of re- look at that in a bit. But uh, I fucking love this movie. I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I think very highly of Lethal Weapon. It's uh, you know, it's and I like what you said about Danny Glover because it's hard it's hard to play the straight man. You know what I mean? In some ways, it's kind of harder sometimes than it is to be the you know the the energy guy or whatever. Like it's. He has such a, like, your timing kind of has to be perfect, and you kind of have to, like, you, you know, like, there's some there's some really nonverbal acting that he does in this movie where he's just kind of like, can you fucking believe this guy, you know? And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's fucking great, man. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's an iconic when, uh, 80s action movie. When, when Gibson jumps off the building... And Glover's super pissed and he drags him in that abandoned store and uh, he, he pulls his gun and he's like, just pull the fucking trigger because he thinks he's like a poser. He thinks right. he's just like this. And dude, Danny Glover's eyes and when he grabs the gun and his thumb stops the hammer right. like and he's like, you really are great, dude. It, it, dude, there. I, I don't know if enough can be said about their chemistry. Right. The fact that it's still entertaining and holds up today. I mean, he's just. Yeah, and like I said, rumor has it he has read the script and he loves the way um, they wrote it. So who knows? Fingers crossed. I know four wasn't necessarily super popular, but I fucking loved it. So yeah, that, um, uh, I mean, me personally, I, I can't wait for um, I can't wait for the renewal of the uh, Fox TV show uh, with the <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, <laughs> hey, I watched the Fox TV show. I'll have you know, it is the only. It is the only network cable show that I've ever watched, but I love the buddy cop dynamic so much. And um, yeah, I'll spare you from all the news that went down with that show. It was a very troubled production, Um, but I would love it if it came back, despite (laughs) your sarcasm. I'll tell Um, you you this. I uh, I'm getting a little too, uh, I'm getting a little too um, uh, personal here, but uh, I watched uh, I watched the television show Survivor. Uh, don't you know? Don't uh, actually. I don't even need to say that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a CBS All Access uh, subscription uh, because of that. It's like five dollars or whatever. And 
the commer- it has commercials in between the episodes, but like, you know, just like a couple of commercials or whatever. But almost all the commercials are for network shows on CBS. And I'm telling you, man, it is like peeking into another dimension. Like, like there's a show called Bull, which is just a guy who I guess is a lawyer. I don't like it's hard to really even piece together what these shows are about. Um, based on the commercials, but like I looked it up and this guy is the highest paid television actor. And like, he just acts in some CBS drama called bull. And there's like all these weird, like lawyer and cop shows. And like in the, and, and I'm assuming they're telling the truth. Like it's like number one rated show on Wednesday nights or whatever. And it's like, people are watching like, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like an all, like an alternative dimension. Like I don't, I don't know anybody who watches any of these shows. I've never heard of any of these shows. And like all of my life is essentially revolves around like loving like movies and pop culture and shit. And I don't know. I've never heard of any of these shows. I don't know any of the actors that are in them. It's, it's like peeking into another dimension, man. It's wild shit. I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. The exact reason these shows exist. Who's to blame? my mom and your mom (laughs) and all the moms all around the country that watch that garbage. That's true. My mother doesn't listen. So I don't think yours does either. So I can, (laughs) I can say she has terrible taste in, in shows. Yeah. Um, Yeah. These are shows that all of our parents watch. Um, Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. The shows that our parents, people, people only over 50 uh, are keeping these shows alive and making sure that, uh, I don't know, Brad uh, Johnson or whoever is the highest paid actor on TV. Um, It is a sad day in show business when Walton Goggins, who I think is an awesome actor, has to be in a show called The Unicorn (laughs) about a single dad who is like a good father whose husband, whose, whose uh, wife is dead and he's considered a unicorn in the dating community. This is where the world's at, people. Think about that. I know. Like, Walton Goggins, my guy, should, like, you should be, like, in a fucking prestige HBO drama. Like, there should be, like, Walton Goggins should be in, like, the lead in the next Scorsese movie, you know? Like, yeah, it's painful. The man's cashing his check. You know, I'm sure he's getting, that's true. I'm sure he's getting paid. But it's the same with sitcoms, too. It's like Little Sheldon. Remember that? Like, I remember, like, five years ago, they were like, yeah, there's a Big Bang Theory spinoff where they're going to do a little Sheldon. And it's like, well, that's weird. And then, like, five years later, I'm seeing commercials for, like, still for, like, little Sheldon on CBS. And it's like, how does that show still exist? And there's, like, a guy in a big fat suit, like, who's his dad. And it's like, what? A, what is this? <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't I don't get any of it. Those are waters I don't want to wade in. It's it's wild. Man. Um, um, anyways, we are way off track. Yeah, uh, so let's jump into another one that has another 80s icon in it that I feel is uh, just as valuable as as Mel Gibson and Arnold, and that is Stallone with First Blood. Right, right. You know, God, man, there's too many good 80s action movies. I, God, and what a, can we talk about the difference between Rambo 1 and 2? Is Rambo 2 on this in this list at all? No, I didn't put it on mine. I'm not opposed to it, but it's not top tier. Like it's not. I mean, if um, it feels to me like, like kind of like a, it's like Predator essentially, but just not as good. But Rambo One is re- it really feels like a '70s movie when you watch it. It's 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 a different, it's a whole different tone and vibe than Rambo Two. You know. 
Well, it's more like a character study, right? Um, of of John Rambo, and uh, and I feel like you know I've never read the book, but I've heard this one really honors the book really well. Brian Dennehy, who we've talked about on the podcast before, is just right. a god, right? Like he is so great in this movie. But I mean, ma- mainly Stallone, dude. I mean, we are what I think eight years or so removed from Rocky, and I think he gives another stellar performance. Yeah, I mean, and uh, he's, he's great. I uh, I like I like First Blood Part Two, but to my mind, it's essentially like a like a Gremlins Two scenario, to where it's like. You're mainly doing this because like you kind of have the story for it and everyone loves the character, but like this doesn't need to exist. When they when 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 he made Gremlins 2, it was like it was a fuck you to the studio, which is why he didn't try that hard, because he didn't want to fucking make a sequel. So I feel like I'm sure Stallone wanted to play Rambo again and it made and the first one made a ton of money, but it just it's hard for me to put it against the first one since it just, it feels so unnecessary. Same goes for the third one. I mean, they're all three in the eighties. Right. I mean, we should, I guess we should, I guess we're kind of talking around it. I feel almost, so we should kind of explain it. Like um, the difference between Rambo one and two is just as distinct as the difference between alien and aliens and Terminator and Terminator two. Like again, franchises were a completely different thing back then. Rambo one is really about, I mean, it's about a Vietnam veteran who is basically rolls into this town, this small town in America, and it tries to reconnect with the wife of a friend of his who had died in the Vietnam war. And wait, is that right? Do I have that right? It's what he, he, that, that, that's the premise of the beginning, right? He's trying to, he's trying to, um, talk to the wife of a friend of his, right? Or is it just, he's talking to an old friend of his. Yeah. I think he's just talking to an old friend of his. Honestly, okay. the first 20 minutes of this movie are easy to forget. And then the rest of it's just like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Well, you basically, it's like, uh, it, it, it reminds me of something in the late seventies of like, where this kind of like hippie outsider, like Vietnam war veteran is like, you know, kind of accosted by this like evil sheriff. And, you know, it, it has a real like seventies vibe to it. And it's, it's, it's a character study and the action really doesn't pop off towards the end. And it's kind of mean spirited and kind of, you get a real deer hunter vibes from this movie or, or, you know, it, it's, there's a really specific kind of small town movie that I feel like, uh, or deliverance or something that, 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 that Rambo comes out of uh, Southern comfort, you know, some of those movies like that. Well, uh, you took the the movie right out of my head. It has a very big deer hunter feel. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you know, the whole thing about John Rambo is like PTSD and like the yes. unnecessary nature of Vietnam and stuff. Right. And like I said, I've never read the book, but I'm sure it's more complex than that. I just oversimplified. But either way, I will go ahead and spoil it for everybody. You know what you do with a person who is clearly struggling with PTSD and like... He's trying to just survive in this town because the cops detest uh, him when he shows up. Uh, what do you do? You send him back to Vietnam. <laughs> like, that's exactly what we need to do. There's a lesson in there somewhere. I just don't know where. Um, that's why the sequel is just, it's un it's unearned. Like, uh, it's bigger, more explosives, et cetera, et cetera. But it is unearned. I think First Blood uh, 
which also I've always found it weird that it's called First Blood Part Two. Right. Like, why couldn't they call it Second Blood? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or just Rambo Either way, too, you know? Yeah, or that. Either way, I love the first one. I don't really care for any of the others, except for not the last one, but the one before that. They came out like 10 years ago or 15 years ago. That one was pretty fun. But uh, uh, yeah, honestly, this one's just something else. I, I just, uh, you know, the second one is really, truly kind of like jingoistic, you know, uh, pro-American imperialism, like propaganda and stuff. Like it literally is like, you know, the the suits, that, you know, that hold the keys to the government. They wouldn't let us win in Vietnam. You know, we could have fucking mowed down these people and we could have bombed the whole country. But the suits and politicians kept us from doing that or whatever. And like. It, and Rambo 3, I mean, the end of Rambo 3 in the original cut literally says dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters who were fighting uh, Soviet Russia in Afghanistan. And the Mujahideen would literally turn into the Taliban like 10 years later. So literally, I mean, they've, they've removed it from subsequent versions of the movie. But Rambo 3 is literally ends with a dedication to the Taliban. And yeah, because he's like fighting with them like that. That's like the whole the weird thing about the Rambo three, like aside from right. like iconic. It's a pretty bad movie. Right. Like, but it's just wild yeah. how those franchises used to be able to turn a complete corner and be something completely different for the second movie. I don't know. OK, I mean, brass well, tacks, where are we putting first blood on here? I don't know. I say at this point, we, we rattle off the, the few we've got left and then we build from there. All right. But hold on. Do you think, I mean, do you think Rambo deserves to be above lethal weapon? I don't think so. No, 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 no. All right. Yeah, no, I don't know. We'll see. I, I honestly, I think we're going to disagree on where I think lethal weapon should go, but we'll get to that. Speaking of speaking of propaganda, let's get into a classic, uh, an oldie, but a goodie commando. Oh, uh, hell yeah. God, this movie is awesome. <laughs> this movie, this movie is fucking insane. Yeah. Like th- this honestly is like, if you take out the, if you took out the cool nature of the sci-fi side of predator commando might replace predator simply because it is so bonkers there there. You're going to be hard pressed to find a movie that represents the eighties more than commando like in terms of like no no weird gimmicks no sci-fi none of that shit just a crazy motherfucker who's well trained who just starts killing people like (laughs) you know i'm just gonna say this right now dude i'm just gonna say it right now and you know maybe you'll disagree i don't know i think commando may need to be number two because like you said, it is so representative. It is just like Predator. It is literally Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is just a killing machine and is just a military. Uh, they come to his house and he is just ice and motherfuckers throughout the whole movie. I mean, God, it's so fucking good, man. I, like, Commando is just, I mean, he throws a pipe through someone. Like and comments on letting some steam off. <laughs> Let off some it is, steam. It is fucking gold, man. Like, 
Dude, yeah. let's just say Commando's number two. Uh, honestly, okay. I'm going to feel uncomfortable with this list unless Commando's number two. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. It's just 90 minutes of just Arnold doing fucking cool shit. I love it so much, dude. I agree. So well, so that was number two. Then uh, Robocop fell to three. Aliens fell to four. Even and the, um, be- the beginning of him playing with his daughter is great because he's just got that such a goofy grin on his face. And he's just like, yeah, like having fun with his daughter, man, dude. Yeah. And, and it, it feels dude. it feels crazy to say this now. But in 1995 or 96, when I watched this movie, I'm like watching it. I think I watched it on like USA Network or something. Right. Or maybe USA Network wasn't around. I don't remember. Either way, it's not the point. I'm watching on TV, so a lot of the violence was cut out. So I'm th- I'm watching the beginning, and I'm like, oh, shit, man. Somebody's after Arnold. What's he going to do? Oh, good thing he's got that axe. Oh, he's going to fuck him up. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's his daughter. Ha, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, they show up to his house to oh. warn him about possible enemies. And they lured the enemies there. Yeah. Like accidentally, and then he's like, "Oh, you must out. You were downwind. I smelled them, or some shit like that." It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh man, I love it so much. Commando is so it's, fucking good, dude. It's good stuff, man. So up next, I've got another one that was on both of our list. But I'm gonna be honest with you. I rewatched it for the first time in a few years, uh, a few days ago. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how I feel about this movie anymore. Um. Escape from New York. Oh, my God. I was hoping you wouldn't say Escape from New York. Okay, dude. Hold on. Just real quick. So I, I believe John Carpenter, and I don't want to go too much into this because we're going to do a Carpenter episode soon, but we have to talk about it. I believe him and Russell had three movies they made in the 80s. Right. And this is far and away the worst one. Like, wait, far and away. Wait, what's the other one after The Thing? Uh, the Thing and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And Big Trouble in Little China, we can cover both if you want. Uh, That's on my list as well. But I don't know if that's necessarily action. Is that more fantasy adventure? Like, I mean, I think it counts as an action movie. I mean, my God. Like, I mean, but but I'll I'll say I'll say this. I don't think it. I don't think it belongs on the list. I mean, it's okay. That's fair. It's it's so like well now that now that you're saying that I agree with you. It, It does feel like a different genre. It's. There's a lot of Asian stuff, which is almost kind of like a kung fu kind of thing, and there's a lot of magic, and there's a lot of, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That was a question mark for me when I put it on the list. It was a question mark because it's like this might be more fantasy adventure, and if we took off Indiana Jones, I feel like we have to take that off. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Big Trouble with Little China, and no, I don't like it nearly as much, I think, as other people do, and maybe as you do. But uh, you mean it's perfect? Is that <laughs> what you mean? Yeah. See, I'm not. I'm, I'm not completely in the bag. I mean, I, don't get me wrong; it's enjoyable. I like it, and I think it's probably one of the funniest like '80s genre movies. It's really fucking funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel like it belongs on a list like this. It's just too, it's just too out there, you know? So, okay. So I'm, I'm good with that. So escape from New York. Don't get me wrong. dude. I didn't hate it. I obviously still enjoy the movie. It's great. Snake Plissken. It's iconic. He's awesome. He's the epitome of cool, but it let me down, man. I don't know if it's because since the last time I watched it, I've seen two Mission Impossible movies and I've seen all the John Wicks. I don't know if that's kind of reframing what I expect 
from these like man versus a large group of enemies type of idea in my head, if that makes sense. Right. But there just wasn't enough in this movie. Like, I feel like they relied so much on Kurt Russell to make the movie work that the rest of it was kind of, yeah, it'll be okay. He's cool enough to carry it. Right. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying my my thoughts on it have changed. I I really like it, man. I I really like Escape from New York. I um, you know, the first time that I saw it, I saw it in the old uh, our namesake, the old silver screen uh, cinema. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I saw it in uh, I don't know, it's probably 2008 or something, and uh, yeah, so it was like a midnight. Uh, you know, midnight movie. And it was, God, it was, it was amazing. I mean, seeing a theater full of drunk people and, you know, in those sticky floor and those weird chairs, I mean, the whole nine yards, it was great. I don't know, man. I have, I have a fondness for this because I agree with you. It doesn't have some of the typical like hallmarks of eighties action movies. I agree with that, but I just, there's something that's kind of like John Carpenter and kind of, almost a little noiry about like the, the photography and the, I don't know, dude, I ride pretty hard for this movie. I mean, that abandoned New York and Manhattan is basically a, a, a big prison. And I don't know, man. I, I mean, snake Plissken, dude, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I love Snake Plissken, but I love Kurt Russell in pretty much anything. So I don't know. When we start placing the list, we'll we'll find where it belongs. I think it belongs on this list, and I like it better than Die Hard. But I'm just saying it fell a lot for me. All right. Let's burn through these last few, and then we'll build the list. Uh, they Live. We just talked about that on our Silver Screen Six Pack a few episodes ago. If you haven't listened, go check it out. I think it belongs on here, but it might get bumped because we've got a couple of heavy hitters left. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't I, I don't think it belongs on here. Like, I mean, it belongs on like a top 15, you know, but like, I just don't think with the other movies left to go, we've already got nine on here. And I just I mean, there's really kind of only one big action scene. And I don't know if I'm going to see that if I'm going to have it's more. Sorry, go ahead. Huh? Oh, you can go ahead. I just think the, I don't know, the 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 kind of quote-unquote satire is a little heavy-handed. I mean, well, not a little. It's pretty heavy-handed. And there is some great action scenes, but I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel... And plus, honestly, I just saw this for the first time. And honestly, like, it doesn't feel... You know, I don't really have a history with it, so, so it's different. I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not going to fight you. I love it, but it's not... It is not in the same vein as Predator, RoboCop, Commando right. type shit. So, no, I'm totally fine with that. Let's talk about Road Warrior. I fucking love this movie. Right. Uh, it's great. I mean, I, there's not much to say about it. Does it, I think this is action. I think it is fantasy a bit, and I think it is adventure a bit, but I think at its core, this is an action movie. I'll tell you this. I think that, uh, you know, I really hate the uh, kind of – Ozploitation genre. I mean, you know my feelings about Australia. Uh, 
you know, no shade to our yeah. listeners. But yeah, we all know your feelings on Australia. <laughs> no shade to our Australian listeners, but uh, your country sucks and you should move. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, mostly. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I don't like the exploitation genre. And in fact, the first Mad Max, I really kind of don't fuck with at all. And the aesthetic of Mad Max is something that I don't particularly like. Um, even in Fury Road and stuff, just the whole aesthetic and world that it takes place in is just, it's kind of fucked up and I don't enjoy spending time there. But that being said, I think Road Warrior and obviously Fury Road is a whole different animal, but these movies get by on their action. Like I literally think they're so well-structured and so the action is so incredible, so beautiful the way I mean the cars and the racing and the jumping from one car to the other, the action is so well done that it's impossible kind of not to be in awe of this movie when like for me, like everything is stacked against me liking this movie, but you just can't like the action is too good. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like hating a person's like, it's like hating Kanye West, but being like, I can't deny that, you know, gold digger fucking slaps, you know, like it's like that kind of thing. Like this movie is not made for me, but man, you can't deny the craft. You know, uh, what does slaps mean? Oh God, here we go. I don't know what it means. Does it mean good? Yes, it rules. <laughs> like it, it goes. You know, it's all. Hey, don't, don't, don't get mad at me because I didn't know what terminology you were using, sir. Um, I don't <laughs> have the TikToks. Seven years old. What'd you say? <laughs> I forgot you were eighty-seven years old. Whatever, man. I don't have the TikToks. Uh. Oh dear. Listen, um, I I love Road Warrior. I think it's the best of the three, but I will admit I love Mad Max and I do not like Beyond Thunderdome. So yeah, and, and then the the new one, which is a whole different beast. Yeah, whatever. But uh, so where, where do you think we should? I mean, where does this go? Let's just let's just. I don't know. I mean, we got nine movies. Let's just put it on. Let's just put it on the list, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so we've got three left that I think are uh, uh, pretty. One is uh, one is actually two movies, and they're both. I did not have these on my list. I'm not going to say I don't like them, but I'm going to say I'm not a fan per se. And that's Police Story One and Two. You know, I I put these on. I just rewatched them recently. I, I put these on here because of uh, Jackie Chan representation, but uh, I would not be mad if these did not make it because I think. I think Jackie Chan's more accessible works are in the nineties. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think about these movies specifically and Jackie Chan in general? I, I think Jackie Chan's cool because he does his own stunts and he's a bad motherfucker. But in terms of seeing him in movies, I've never seen any of the rush hours. I don't really think he's very funny. Uh, in the nineties, I would take Jet Li in a heartbeat over Jackie Chan uh, in terms of like badass, like martial arts type of actors. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I don't have a problem with Jackie Chan, but he's not like someone that I necessarily seek out to watch their stuff. Damn. Well, I think he's a genius. I think he's a modern day Buster Keaton. Um, he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love Jackie Chan, but I also wouldn't, I also wouldn't object because we are kind of doing a different list here. I don't know. When's the last time you saw police story one and two? I watched police story on HBO max like three weeks ago and I haven't seen police story two. I didn't have time to watch it. I saw it like. Somebody recommended it to me because I'd never seen it. So the first time I watched it was like two years ago. And yeah, okay. uh, I didn't mind them. I thought they were both really fun. Some of the stunt work is great. Some of the action pieces are great. Yeah, but- Cr- Criterion just did a restoration of of both of them. And it's on the Criterion channel. And they're, uh, 
I don't know. Maybe. God, I, that version has to be better than the version I watched on HBO Max. It was not very good. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And there's, I mean, I, I think there's probably a few different versions of it, you know, out there. Um, but yeah, the, the Criterion, um, if you're, if you're looking for, if you're out there and you're looking for Jackie Chan to, uh, to check out, I definitely would, would recommend those two. They're, they're in beautiful, pristine criti- uh, condition over on the Criterion channel. But, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pitch a fit if these aren't, these aren't on here, because if I'm being honest, I, I personally am more in love with, uh, you know, Rumble in the Bronx and that, the, the Jackie Chan of the nineties more so than the eighties, um. Yeah, so we can just we so, can move on from that. Okay. Um, the next movie, I, I text you and said <laughs> it might be the greatest movie ever made. It's Bloodsport. Uh, I, I have to say, now that we're making the list, do I love this movie because it's so bonkers? Or do I love it because it's actually good? Like... I don't know. Can we put Bloodsport at number one? <laughs> Dude, first of all, how many splits do you need to do in one movie? What the fuck? Um, but dude, I love it. I really do. I love the whole idea. I love like the badass, overzealous, crazy big American dude. We all know the face. I can't think of his name. I'll look it up in a minute. He's great. He's in a ton of movies. Um the the underground martial arts contest, like the the big bad villain who's just so over the top, murdering someone when they're literally on the ground type of dick. Uh, it's just good. I, I can tell you this. I don't think the 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 government's ability to find someone and detain them. I don't think it's changed much since the eighties. I feel like they try just as hard and then stop caring very quickly. Um, cause that's exactly what happened in Bloodsport. Yeah. They were like after him, after him, after him. And then they're like, he's like, I'm doing this man. And they're like, okay, we'll just watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that rules, man. It's like, it's like, you think the big villain of the movie is like the government coming to get him and then they just come get him. And then they just, yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah. I just, it, it's insane. Um, but in all honesty, I do like the movie. Now, I, I I like two a lot. And oddly enough, I have just added to my queue the movie that you recommended to me a long time ago because you said it wasn't that bad. And now I'm going to watch it. Uh, the sequel that Netflix made with like Batista and oh, a couple of God. other people. It's so good, man. It really is. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It really is. Yeah, I, I recommend there's it's like Kickboxer uh, Retaliation and Kickboxer Redemption. And it's uh, yeah, they're essentially like carbon copies of Bloodsport, but it's uh, yeah, they're they fucking rule. Um, and uh, unfortunately, we can't do a, a hand count here. But raise your hand if you didn't know Bloodsport was a biopic. Uh, <laughs> so that's what? weird. Bloodsport's a biopic. I meant to tell you that the other day. I don't know if you knew that. It's a it's a story but- of a real guy. Frank Dukes was a real guy who went over there, and he holds records and all kinds of shit. Like oh he was a legit God. martial arts dude. Holy so, shit! I had no idea. Yeah, dude, it's kind of weird. I, uh, I, I had kind of forgotten about it because the first time I watched that, I, I watched the credit and like they show it at the end. So I watched it. I think it's on Netflix or wherever I watched it, and uh, it's it's scroll, um, it's rolling, and it's like, oh, Frank Stukes, and I read all the records he set and all that shit. Oh my god! I I just like disregarded that. I thought it was fake or something. I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's not fake. Um, I've never actually looked it up because I didn't care. I'm looking it up now, and he is a real person. Frank Duke's martial artist. Yeah. All right. So, so Bloodsport is definitely Bloodsport is definitely in. I mean, God, I love Bloodsport so much. All right. So we got eleven movies. What what else we got on in the in the hopper? Well, this one I've been saving in the chamber. I don't know if it's action or not. I love it. Uh, I think it's great. We've mentioned it on the podcast a few times. Roadhouse. Um, God, dude. I wrote. And I'll tell you, I, I, I'll i go ahead and say this. We can tackle two things. I fucking love Swayze, and I think Red Dawn is fucking awesome. And guess who doesn't, listeners? My co-host. Hold on. Okay, hold on. Let's structure this. How many movies do we have left to talk about? That's it. Because like we have Black Rain, but I think we both admit like if we're going to have a buddy cop movie on here, it gets bumped because of Lethal Weapon, right? Uh, like I don't, I don't know if Black Rain really belongs on the list. Yeah, Black Rain feels to me more of a cop movie than it does an action movie. Um, yeah. What, what about, didn't we, didn't, wasn't there a couple other? What about Cobra? Cobra, I, I actually, for some reason, didn't have on my list, even though it was on the list I sent to you. Cobra is on here. Uh, for me, I, Cobra was on my list. But after making this list and seeing how many we have right now, I don't know if Cobra makes it. I love Cobra, though. I will say just honorable. Mention. I do love Cobra. Oh, yeah. yeah 100%. Uh, and, and I'll put it on here. Who knows if we start if we start getting down to nine or ten, we may we may put it on there. I fucking love it. Stallone in the uh, in the 80s, man, couldn't get much better. Yeah, it's like Death Wish, but with Stallone and it. Uh, yeah, got it. Oh, yeah. He's just a badass cop. Yeah, I loved it. Um, OK, so what so what do we have left to talk about? The two Swayze movies? OK, yeah. First Roadhouse all, and Red Dawn. Roadhouse is a masterpiece. Absolutely. Um, I, like I I want to do an episode only on Roadhouse. <laughs> I want to do an episode only on Swayze because I don't think people realize he's literally in like some of the greatest action movies ever made. Roadhouse is the perfect movie. Roadhouse is, I mean, this is going way too far, but like, dude, the, the, the way that the set is set up, I I know it's not a set. I'm sure it's shot on location, but like the way that he lives upstairs in that barn and then he sleeps out on that, the roof of the barn and he can see the rich guy's, a house across the street and then he steals the rich guy's girlfriend and she's the doctor and the the band plays behind the chicken wire because people will throw shit at like the details of this movie are masterful like dude god i love this movie so much man it 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 it, it is the perfect movie i think I'm glad that we agree on Roadhouse because uh, when I first, I mean, I already knew, but a couple months ago or whenever we talked about it originally, I wasn't sure how you felt about it. I agree. It's perfect. Um, everything about it. You can watch this movie. Sam Elliott is a fucking god, which he's great in everything. You oh get to god. see Swayze rip a dude's throat out. But also, let's just let's just not ignore. This cannot be ignored. It is literally about a dude who works for bars who are too rowdy. And his job is to keep them in line. He's Let's cool just guy. let that set in. <laughs> it's like Cool Hand Luke. It's like they took the premise of Cool, I think the idea of Cool Hand Luke. Like, what's it about? A cool dude, he gets arrested. Oh, okay. It's like, what's Roadhouse <laughs> about? Oh, a bouncer, he's really cool. Oh, okay. And, let the chips fall while they may. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, dude. The, the like arc of the movie is him learning kind of not to be a killer. 
you know, kind of not to be like a yeah, man. like being a Buddhist or some shit. Right, right. The arc of the movie is is about him learning not to live this rough and tumble, you know, life full of violence and death. And that is a recipe for disaster in any action movie, I feel like. Because if you're going to give your your hero a conscience, then you kind of like take the fun out of all this mindless killing. But this it actually means something because his character is so well drawn that like by the end of the movie, you're like, no, 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 pull yourself out of this life of violence. Cause you care about him as a character. Like not no, as I was rooting for him to rip a throat out. I'm Were sorry. You really? Yes, absolutely. God I was it. like, this dude's a dick. This dude's a dick. Now I, I am not like your normal person. I can see how that could apply to other people. But I was thinking, man, this guy's been a jackass the whole movie. Like, you need to show him you're better. Come on, Swayze. You're better than him. Rip his throat out. And then he did, and I was happy. I just, dude, I I just, I love, I just love, love, love. The, the character work is so well done. It reminds me of a Howard Hawks movie. Like, the character work is so well done. The chemistry, even the, like, cheesy 80s, like, action scenes, and or not action, the sex scenes. You know, the cheesy 80s sex scenes are, like, legitimately like character based and like the romance is like not like it's it's believable and and god i fucking love roadhouse man roadhouse is 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 climbing up this list how many movies does swayze show his ass off in not enough (laughs) (laughs) um okay so now that we've now that we've lifted up Swayze as the god he is and where he rightfully belongs, why don't you share your thoughts on Red Dawn? God, Red you Dawn, bastard. Red Dawn fucking sucks, dude. Oh, that's fucking ridiculous. It no. sucks, man. Like, no. Okay, listen, listen. All right, so this needs to be said. Okay, this just needs to be said. We mentioned it before. A lot of '80s movies are right-wing propaganda, right? End of story. Yeah. They, they just are. They're jingoistic, nationalistic. Like now. You take a movie like Cobra. This is why I wanted to talk about Cobra. Cobra is 100% right-wing propaganda, right? The the protagonist in Cobra is a cop who does not obey the rules. He indiscriminately kills people, and the villain in the movie is this, like, little, like, limp dick, like, liberal who's like, oh, you got to read them their Miranda rights, and you got to follow the rule of law, whatever, whatever, whatever. And literally, he fucking punches him at the end of the movie, right? This is an ode to, uh, this is an ode to the cop killing people, right? There, there could not be a, a more problematic movie in today's context than Cobra. But, but the key thing Cobra is fucking fun. It is a blast, right? When you watch the movie, you're thinking of that, of course, if you're, you know, thinking on that like subtextual level, but it doesn't matter because it's fun because Stallone is cool. It's entertaining, right? I don't think you, I don't think you should judge movies or works of art by their like uh, politics, whatever. I think that's fucking stupid. And, And I think Cobra is a blast, right? It's right wing fantasy, but it's a blast. Now, you take something like Red Dawn. Red Dawn is equally as right-wing fantasy as Cobra, right? The communists are invading. That's the premise by Red Dawn. The communists are invading via Mexico, and they're taking over the country, and it's the United States Soviet Republic or whatever. And then there's the free America that's right across the border of you know, whatever. And it's equally right-wing propaganda, but it's boring. It's boring. 
There's no good action scenes. It's literally just Patrick Swayze and a group of children running around in the jungle. There's no call them what they are. Don't call them children. You know their name. (laughs) Call them what they are. I will not call them by their name. You're the Wolverine, son. That, oh my god, it's fucking stupid, man. It's, it's no, no. It, the characters don't make any sense. There is no character. You go from a movie like Roadhouse to this, or even Cobra to this. There's no characterization. They're just wandering around the wilderness, just fucking whining, and then randomly they'll get in a shootout and kill somebody, or one of them gets killed, and that's the end of it. I mean, dude, fuck this movie. Red Dawn fucking sucks. I. I don't care for it. And I think it doesn't belong on this list. I just want to point out like the, I don't know the word. I'm sure you'll have a word for this. You literally said it fucking sucks. Followed it up with, I don't care for it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, so one was like a diplomatic (laughs) statement and one was like an aggressive. Fuck you. If you like this movie, (laughs) dude, I'm sorry. Powers booth. RIP. You're great. Harry Dean Stanton. RIP. He's great. Charlie Sheen. Leah Thompson, C. Thomas Howell, Patrick Swayze. No, dude, fuck that. Jennifer this movie's Gray. great. What? Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. This movie's great. This movie's awesome. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die on this hill of fighting for it to be on this list simply because there's a lot that we only have six slots and there's some some great movies. But I will say this: you are wrong, sir. You are wrong. Nah, dude. I, th- th- the biggest crime this movie commits is that it is not fun. It's not fun. There is nothing fun about this movie, dude. It, I don't know if it was necessarily supposed to be fun. The invaders landed and started rounding people up and putting them in camps. Yeah. Okay. Like, so, so what is it like a like a war movie? Like it's supposed to be like apocalypse of. now. Kind of. That's not my idea of an '80s action movie. <laughs> I don't want to. Whatever, I'm man. Watching Apocalypse Now, like, oh hell yeah, brother, this fucking rules. Like, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch fucking Red Dawn and be like, oh, the horrors of war. The horrors of what war? This fucking fake war that you dreamed up. No, have some fucking fun, dude. I don't want to date our episode here, but I want to point out the uh, the uh, kind of odd timing. We're recording this on July 4th. Uh, so happy July 4th, everybody. <laughs> um, so, okay. Okay. Let's build this. We've got our movies out there. We've got our, we've got it done. Red Dawn's number one. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, we got so movies. Yeah. So predators, number one, I think we agree on that. Right. Commando jumped to number two. We right. agree on that. Robocops three, Aliens four. I say I'm going to fight for Lethal Weapon at number five. Okay, but what about Bloodsport? I could say Bloodsport number six, Lethal Weapon number five. Dude, I want Bloodsport to be number three. What the fuck? No, Bloodsport is not kicking Robocop. Okay. That is okay. absurd. Okay, okay. Okay, I'll do this. I'll do this. I will I, I would I would agree with you that Bloodsport could kick aliens and be number four. Okay, let's do that. Okay. It's funny. I didn't realize how much I mean I, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't realize how much you like I thought you were joking when you responded to my text saying that you agreed. No. Um <laughs> I wasn't joking, dude. I used to have and part of it is nostalgia. Because I used to have a VHS copy that I like uh, uh, recorded off of TNT 
when I was a kid. And so I don't think I even saw the uncensored version until I was like much older. But yeah, dude, I, I had the TV version on VHS, man. And I, I mean, I probably watched that movie. I mean, I mean, you know how you are when you're a kid, you just watch the same thing like a hundred times. And like, well, like I told you, my movie was Lionheart. Like right. yeah, that yeah, yeah. was, that, that was my Van Damme movie. And, uh, and yeah, I love both though. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. So we've got one predator, two commando, three RoboCop, four blood, four blood sport. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy five with blood sport being in the top five. So I think, uh, lethal weapon has to be sixth in. Okay. And Roadhouse has to be on there. I think we both feel too strongly about Roadhouse for it not to be on here. You want to do Roadhouse 7? Sure. I mean, God, I wish Roadhouse was higher. Me too, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it could kick. I mean, I would be okay with continuing to kick Aliens down, but that's simply because the rest of these movies are, are kind of like a bit more relatable with their premise. So it's not fair to judge aliens based on that. Cause aliens is a phenomenal action movie. You know what, man, this is our list. Let's do it. Let's put roadhouse right above aliens. So we want to put a roadhouse as number five. Yeah. So roadhouse is now five and aliens is now seven. So no aliens is six and lethal weapon is seven. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody, nobody agreed on pushing Lethal Weapon. You know what, you son, you son of a bitch. So I'll do it. So you want to put Lethal Weapon above Aliens? Dude, if it was up to me, Lethal Weapon would be like number three. But I understand that's crazy. Um, so no, uh, Lethal Weapon is number seven. I'm fine, as long as it's on the list. All right, all right. Um, so now we've got Road Warrior, Escape, First Blood, Terminator, and Die Hard left. And there's only three spots. What about Cobra? Uh, okay yeah i i don't think cobra uh, out of those movies uh, we put it on here but i mean when you when you list off those movies i don't think cobra should should uh take off any of those but if you disagree i'm fine with putting cobra i just didn't want to slide you on escape from new york because honestly i wasn't the i would almost say i would take road warrior over escape from new york like in terms of 80s action god damn it so I guess it's your call because we've got, we've got what three slots left. So, okay. Well, let's think about, let's think about, we're pretty solid on one through seven. Okay. Yeah. I'd say that a hundred percent. So let's think about number eight, right? What is just below lethal weapon? We've got, we'll say we got six movies. We got Rambo. We got Terminator, Die Hard, Escape from New York, Road Warrior, and Cobra. What do you think is the best out of all those? Road Warrior. Hmm. What do you think is the best? I actually no, no, no first blood. Sorry, first blood. You think first blood? Yeah, I guys think first blood. I think we should put Road Warrior there. Okay. Yeah, I think we should put because Road Warrior deserves an achievement just for the craft. You know, like I agree. You just you know you can't fuck with the craft, man. Like I have my nostalgic favorites, and like obviously we put um you know, blood sport and roadhouse in the top five, but at a certain point, you just got to be like, you know what? Road warrior is, you know, is really great. So that means first blood has to be number nine because it has to be on here. Okay. So we'll go first blood number nine. I'm, I'm fine with that. 
So now Die Hard, Terminator, and Escape, and Cobra have to fight it out for number 10. Ooh, buddy. Um, this is not the spot I want it to be in. <laughs> but, I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty indifferent on Die Hard and Terminator and Escape you win? and Cobra. So it's easy for me, actually. You <laughs> <Yeah>. pick. <laughs> okay, well, Terminator... I want to put Die Hard on there just because of legacy, but dude, if I'm being honest, man, well, God, I don't know, man. I think we should put Die Hard I, on there. I guess out of all of these, I have two. I have two schools of thought. Okay, one is I would put Escape on there simply because out of the remaining movies, I liked it more. But the others, the other school of thought, like I said, Unforgiven. Die Hard gets on the list because of what it means to action movies in eighties and the eighties in general. Right. Like, and as lovers of cinema, we can't disregard what it means. This is like a classic, um, seven samurai type of thing right? to where it's like, yeah, you've influenced so much. You can't be ignored. Right. And as much as I would love to put escape from New York or Terminator on there at the end of the day, they are sci-fi movies and Die Hard is not, which should be a mark in its favor. I think. I agree. So Die Hard is number 10. All right. So we are. We got our top 10 list. To recap, number one, motherfucking Predator. I, I, I don't think, uh, I, don't, I think the top five really reflects our tastes uh, quite a bit. I agree. Number one, Predator. Number two, Commando. Number three, Robocop. Number four, Bloodsport. Number five, Roadhouse. Uh, number six, Aliens. Number seven, Lethal Weapon. Number eight, The Road Warrior. Number nine, First Blood. And number 10, Die Hard. And, and you know, Escape, Terminator, Cobra, Black Rain. Like, there, there are other action movies that are great, but this isn't, but this isn't about like that. This is about this list. Right. So I think this is our, our taste. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, th- this is our list. So. I think this is this opens up a lot of like opinions because 80s is a very important decade and big decade for action movies. So I think there's a lot of room here for debate and talk. So let us know what you guys what movies you love in the 80s in terms of action, because there's a bunch more. I mean, there's so many fucking 80s action movies. We had to just boil it down to our favorites, obviously. I mean, the the list is endless. There's probably a hundred more we could talk about. Right, so, and and every movie we mentioned on here is is definitely worth watching. I mean, even Red Dawn, I give it shit, but I mean, Red Dawn does have like some cultural, like cachet, and even just to get like a kind of an object lesson on really like how anti Russia we were in the eighties, you know, like it, it's definitely worth watching. Um, but any any of the that movies, and Rocky Four are good companion pieces. And say that again. That and Rocky Four are good companion pieces. Yes, that's a really good take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Cobra, watch it with Cobra. Compare the right wing propaganda. You know, watch uh, any of the stuff that we talked about. Watch, uh, watch Rambo 1 and where Rambo 2 and compare the differences. Also, you know, noting the differences between how franchises are held today and how, how they happened back then. You know, the differences between. Rambo one and two between Terminator one and two between aliens one and two, you know, that's uh, just, just about everything we mentioned on here is, is worth uh, giving a shot, you know? So, so let me ask you this to, to wrap it up of the 10 movies. These are our rankings, but of our top 10, which one could you put on any day of the week, anytime and watch it? 
I mean, honestly, I think, I think, I mean, not to like, I'm not saying this is like an illegitimate question, but I think that kind of is, I feel like we answered it when we chose our number one. I think that's the criteria that we use to pick our number one, because for me, I think it's fucking predator, man. I mean, if I, if I want that mood, if I want, I mean, you know me, I've, I've said this before. I'm all about vibes when it comes to movies. Wow. When I'm watching a movie, I want to feel the vibes. I want to feel what it's like to live in that vibe in that world for 90 minutes or two hours, whatever it is. And for me, no other movie hits that fucking sweet spot, even more than commando, even though Arnold rules and all that, the absolute fucking sweet spot of the bat in, in eighties action movies is predator. You can turn it on any day of the week. You know, you turn it on on a Saturday morning, you catch it on TNT back when cable was the thing you're finishing it. You know, it's, you can, you can have a great fun movie night on a Friday night watching it. It's, it's, you can play it in front of a, a large group of people. Even, you know, we've, we've become pretty desensitized to violence. I mean, I feel like you could even get your mom to watch predator and, and enjoy it. You know, it's, 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 uh, I, I, it's no, because she's watching bull. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I feel like I feel like that that question you asked was kind of our criteria of like what what is really our kind of home base. And I, dude, I think it's Predator, man. See, for me, as much as I love Predator, it's a tie between Lethal Weapon and and uh, Roadhouse. As much as I love Predator, I feel right. like in terms of vibe, in terms of vibe, those movies would get it more. But I mean, yeah, you're right. It kind of was a dumb question just because that this is it. Like I could literally outside of of maybe Die Hard, if someone was like if someone listed those movies off and was like, are you are you game for any of these? I'd be like, I don't care. Just put one of them on. Like, right. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. it's uh, but no, I, I think that's and Roadhouse. I'm going to be honest roadhouse. I have not seen enough times to really vibe with, you know what I mean? Like I, I really have not seen that movie enough times to want the vibe of roadhouse. If I'm watching roadhouse again, it's because like, I'm trying to get somebody else to watch it. Of like, you got to see this movie. It's fucking perfect. You know? So like I haven't lived with roadhouse enough to really kind of have it inter vibe territory, but lethal weapon is interesting. Cause I think there's a difference between me and you. I think you're, really drawn to that kind of like um you know to 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 recap what we kind of said on our western episode that kind of hawksian uh you know community and the the office you know the kind of like interaction between you know friends or whatever that kind of buddy comedy i think you're really attracted to that stuff to a to a much larger extent than i am um yeah and and i will say uh if you're looking for one of the greatest companion pieces of films you could ever watch put on roadhouse and point break. That, oh yeah, dude. Th- you will basically be witnessing a God who walked among us for a while. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you're a big Swayze fan, man. I don't think I knew that about you, dude. He he's, he's so cool, man. He's just, he was such a cool dude because like he was like, I don't know, just the way he carried himself. He was just in a ton. Of, I mean, to be fair, the first two Swayze movies I saw were Roadhouse and, and uh, Point Break. Yeah. I mean, so when you see a dude who's that cool, because it's a very similar character, both kind of zen, right. trying to find some inner peace kind of people. Like, 
So uh, I think he's just one of those dudes, man. Oddly enough, I hate Ghost, but that's beside the point. What about Dirty Dancing? Do you like Dirty Dancing? Hate Dirty Dancing. Although I feel like maybe in both of those movies, I just wished I was her. Who knows? I don't know. (laughs) You're you're jealous. You're jealous of uh, the female protagonists in in those movies. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're getting a little uh, Freudian on this one. But uh, either way, um, no, this was fun, dude. I have been looking forward to this. We love these list episodes. And I know you guys, we get some good numbers on them. But the 80s in general, whole different beast. Just a whole different monster of movies. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, I think this was kind of like an indulgence for us almost, you know, like we do the, uh, you know, we, we do movies about directors and stuff and we kind of like, it, it involves a little more thought and a little more, um, you know, even if you're not a big fan of the director kind of trying to, you know, come up with something smart to say, or come up with, with like something critical or interesting to say, but where this is more of like an indulgence for us, where it's just like, these are the movies we grew up on and, you know, they raised us in a way. Um, and, uh, it's fun to do an episode like that. I feel like, so yeah, reach out. And if us. you, yeah. And if you guys like our list episodes, go back and check out episode 22, our top five favorite films of all time. Episode 26, we broke down our top 10 favorite 90s movies, and we each had our own list. So we didn't build a list. We each had our own. So that was a fun one. So yeah, if you're a fan of lists, which I am, anytime I listen to a podcast or read anything about a list, I love hearing what people uh, what people like. So check those episodes out. Yeah, and let, let us know. Uh, obviously, you know, we love feedback on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Letterboxd. Um, so Letterboxd, I think, is really the one we really uh, would like to hear from you guys on. Silver Screen Vid on Letterboxd. Um, I put some lists up there, and I'll continue. To, and obviously, this list um, we'll put up there as well. But uh, So before I make this list, do you think – I think every one of them is a five-star except Die Hard. I mean – Sure. Yeah. Rate them all five stars. I mean, yeah. Well, Die Hard, I'm going to give three and a half. (laughs) Okay. Give it a four. All right. Let's compromise. Okay. Okay. I'll give it a four. So I'll make that list so you guys can, if you want to follow us on Letterboxd and have a way to, to kind of uh, add those to your watch lists and all that, do that and uh, let us give us some feedback and let us know, like Jacob said. Yeah. I know we got some feedback on one of the lists and said, somebody said romantic comedies, which I'd be down for. I don't think that's your genre du jour, but. Uh, oh, I- hell yeah. If we can go back to when they were good, yeah, like yeah. If we can go back. Cause I think our list would mainly be comprised of like Cary Grant movies. Um, oh, so you're talking so- about like the thirties. Yeah, dude, I'm talking go back to when they actually mattered and meant something. What about the um, 90s, dude? I, I feel like romantic comedies of the 90s get kind of short shrift a little bit. And that's why it would be a fun episode, because honestly, I don't seek them out outside of a couple we've mentioned on here before. Yeah, so that might be a fun one. Who knows? We might do that one. Yeah, rom-com. Plus, it might be a little bit of a, yeah, it might be a little bit of an adventure for both of us to kind of, yeah, to kind of do rom-coms. That might be fun. But either way, let us know what you'd like. Is to- her a romantic comedy? Because her might be the greatest romantic comedy ever made. Uh, I don't think so. That's here nor there. That's here nor there. It just kind of entered my head, so I said Romantic it, uh, comedy, I'm thinking of like, you've got mail. Something very explicitly. Oh, like. fuck. What? <laughs> See, I, That's going to be it. That's going to be a fun episode because I think that's what that's what our main interactions are going to be. <laughs> I like those <laughs> movies, man. That's Serendipity with uh, John. Did your mom never watch those when you were younger? I guess they did. But Sandra Bullock and Meg Ryan are dumpster fires. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Just- dude. I- <laughs> 
I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry, dude. Let's watch a Meryl Streep rom-com. Can't, why can't we have talent and a good movie? Like <laughs> You can. You've got Meryl's a fucking good movie, dude. Nora Ephron? Come on, man. Wow. Well, whatever. What about uh I can't think of any others. We'll 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 make a lit. We'll do it. I'm not <laughs> I'm not committing to it just yet. We'll have to frame it maybe kind of figure out how we're going to do it. Uh, but you've got Mel we're not beyond there and whatever the fuck serendipity is. Cause I think it has Sandra Bullock in it. That's no, a hard pass. Serendipity has Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack. Look, whatever dude, it's clear that I'm going to have to fuck. I like, I like Kate Beckinsale. I'm going to have to fucking school then. you on the nineties romantic comedy. I think you are. Cause I like Kate Beckinsale, but I don't like Sandra Bullock. And I think that's why. Yeah. So never mind. Okay. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this yeah. puppy up. The point is guys, let us know. Uh, what genres you'd be interested in us doing. And as always, um, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe, you know, like, review, whatever the fuck, whatever you need to do um, to uh, let us know that you uh, that you like what you're hearing. Uh, let us let us know. And uh, if you're interested in submitting your own, you know, sending us your own top 10, you know, 80s action movies, um, we will take them and we appreciate that. But just know this is the official one. So whatever you're doing, if it's different from ours, it's going to be wrong. So I just want everybody out there to know that. Um, That's true. And if you send us a top 10 list and we like it, while ours is the definitive, maybe you'll get lucky and we'll put it on our letterbox. Let listeners know that this was your official list, but ours is better. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, ours is clearly (laughs) better Um, with the rigorous scientific effort that went into making this, you know. Uh, where I've spent the last six months building a computer program to run an <laughs> algorithm to figure out which ones were the top 10. So, yeah, it definitely wasn't me remembering that I liked Bloodsport and instantly putting into the top three. <laughs> of course not. This is uh, this is a this is like this makes Facebook algorithm look like shit. This was <laughs> top top tier. So, all right, man, let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah, guys, like Jacob said, uh, subscribe, follow all that good shit. Instagram, I'm, I'm, we're really loving the comments and the feedback we're getting. We appreciate it. And uh, like I said, go back, listen to those list episodes. Our last episode with Francis Ford Coppola, getting some good numbers, so check that out. Uh, he's pretty much, I think, somebody everybody can get on board with. Um, so Instagram, you can email us. You can leave us a voicemail any way you want to communicate. Jacob runs our Twitter. Feel free to hit us up on that as well. And uh, mainly tell your friends. Let's get the word out. Let's uh, let's talk about movies. I feel like I feel like there's no better decade really to kind of like come together as a film community and talk about because the 80s were so much fucking fun. None of this bullshit with a, a universe building and all this other stuff. It was just like let's just give you 90 minutes of adrenaline. Hell yeah! So let's do that, guys. Let's talk about it. And uh, we will be talking to you again, obviously, uh, on our next episode. And aside from that, do you have anything to add, Jacob? No, nah, man, I'm good. Okay, guys, thanks for stopping by the Silver Screen video. We will see you next week. <laughs>